0: Uh, Guess what? We are actually wrapping up the series uh, this morning, Hijacked, and next week Pastor Brian will be back to launch into a brand new series, so uh, you don't want to miss next week. Um, But what we've been talking about over the last however many weeks is really uh, certain emotions that like to take control of our mouths or our moods or um, take control of our lives in a lot of ways. And so, We've said we don't just need to monitor our behavior, what happens on the outside of us. We've been saying that what we really need to do is start monitoring better what's happening inside of us, and take care of that before it spills out and hurts the people around us. Because Jesus said it's what's inside of you that is eventually going to come outside of you, and that's what messes up your relationship with God, because it messes up Uh, Your relationship with other people, the people God loves. And so learning to monitor what's going on inside is critical. And I I think this whole series has been really good if you believe in Jesus or if you don't. If you're watching at home uh, and you're you're not sure about the whole Jesus thing or you're here, a friend drug you in, hopefully they didn't drug you, but if they (laughs) dragged you in, It's live, right? (laughs) So if they dragged you in and you're not sure about this whole thing, please go back. Go back and get caught up in the series. There's so much gold in this. Um, But for those of us who do follow Jesus, this isn't just helpful. It's necessary because we already have somebody who's supposed to be in charge, We already have somebody who's supposed to to rule over our lives, and so we need to do everything we can to not let these things rule our lives. Now, today, I'm going to take this in a little bit of a different direction um, than the rest of the series. Instead of taking um, single emotions and taking a deep dive into that and how they like to rule our lives, I want to talk about a couple destructive emotions that disguise themselves as virtues. Think about that for a minute. And I'm going to apologize up front because I may meddle a little bit this morning. But at the end, I think you'll see it's a, it's a good thing. But these things that disguise themselves as virtues, we don't even recognize them sometimes because they disguise themselves as compassion or sympathy or care or concern They even disguise themselves as love. See, you know this because if you're an adult here this morning, you know that what we consider being nice sometimes doesn't seem all that nice. And what we consider caring doesn't always feel caring. And what we consider love, if if you're going to love somebody, it doesn't always feel loving, does it? Now, if you're a parent, you know this. Because at some point, you're gonna make your kids so mad, they're gonna be furious. They may even use the words, Mom, I hate you, or Dad, I hate you. Now, I haven't gotten there yet, but the amount of like side-eye judgment and eye-rolling that I get (laughs) is slowly increasing as we get into those teenage years. It's, a lot of you know what I'm saying, right? But you have to be willing to take some of that fury You have to be willing to deal with some of that fury and to do the right thing, to do the loving thing, don't you? And in that moment, it doesn't feel like love, does it? It feels the opposite. Or if you were raised with good parents, maybe you were on the receiving end of this, where some phase in your life, some stage in your life, your parents did something that made you, or said something, or laid down a rule that made you so, so mad, But now you look back on it and you think, I'm so glad they did. Because sometimes, care doesn't feel like caring. And sometimes love doesn't feel loving, especially in the moment. But here's the issue as adults now. Here's the issue that keeps us from doing the right thing, especially for those closest to us. Fear of rejection. Or discomfort with conflict or it might be apprehension around confrontation. Some of us are so conflict-averse. We will often choose being liked by other people rather than potentially upsetting somebody, even if it's for their own good. See, these are emotions that basically disguise themselves as sensitivity or concern, when in fact, it's just fear, discomfort, and apprehension. And I already know the answer to this, but do you want fear, apprehension, discomfort? Do you want those things to rule your life? And of course, the answer is no. Oh, I can't do that. It makes me a little uncomfortable. Oh, I can't say that. It makes me a little nervous, right? Nobody wants to live life that way. And here's the challenge, especially for uh, those of us who are Jesus followers, because in order to love others, the way that Jesus actually commands us to the, the, the way that we can love others and be for others, what Jesus commands us to, we have to recognize our fear of engaging in things that are uncomfortable for what they are. Call those emotions out. Say, you know what, fear? You're not going to rule my life. You know what, apprehension? You're not going to hijack my life. And so I'm going to do what I need to do for the sake of the other person, even though it doesn't feel good to me in the moment. And then I want to talk about briefly another emotion that cloaks itself as kindness and care and sensitivity, but it's a bit more insidious. It creeps in over time, and it's so hard to recognize in ourselves. It's so hard to see because it's embarrassing. It's, It's indifference. It's indifference. And when we see that in ourselves, it's embarrassing, and it's revealing about what's actually inside It's a terrible thing, and it's not so much a feeling or an emotion as it is a lack of emotion where there should be one, or it's a lack of concern where there should be concern. And the thing is, we rarely spot this in ourselves. Nobody's going to admit that. Nobody's going to say to themselves, very few people are going to say, you know what, if he keeps doing that, he's going to have a huge relational mess on his hands, but I don't care what happens to him. Nobody's going to say, you know what, if she keeps doing that, she's going to make a huge mistake, but I don't care what happens to her. If that keeps going on in their marriage, it's going to ruin their marriage, but I don't care what happens to them. See, nobody, nobody really says that. What we say instead often is, well, it's none of my business. It's none of my business. And when we say that, it's just often masking fear or indifference. So here's the question, do you want indifference to control your life? Or if we flip it around this way, when you need somebody to mind your business because you're not doing such a good job at minding your own business, do you want the people around you, the people closest to you that care about you, do you want them to give in to fear of conflict or apprehension around confrontation? Or do you want them to interfere and step in if it means and it keeps you from making huge mistakes? And the answer is, even though it's so uncomfortable, we want and need people to step up from time to time and not give in to fear, not give in to apprehension. We want people that will say, I care. And it's because I care that I'm sensitive. And it's because I'm sensitive that I'm going to step in and I'm going to say what will appear to be the insensitive or uncomfortable thing. See, in John 15, we start to see how this um, plays out and how God kind of views this whole thing. Jesus says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Love each other as I have loved you. See, there's, there's this connection between how we love others and how we love God. And he's pretty straightforward here. It's like he's saying, I want you to get your relationship skills from me. And as I've treated you, I want you to treat one another. And so we, we, we've got to ask ourselves the question, well, how does God love and treat us? Is he um, just up in heaven minding his own business, right? And some people think that. They think God just kind of wound up the, the earth and he just lets things happen. But that's not how God works. We, we say live life with God every moment because he's there every moment. And he's anything but hands-off. And he doesn't want us to be hands-off with those closest to us either, especially in the, in the lives of those that are in our inner circle, to which a lot of us, we get a little nervous just talking about that, don't we? It's a little bit uncomfortable. It's, it's good and okay when God kind of gets involved and pokes around a bit and maybe convicts us or brings to our attention things that we need to work on. But, but you're saying we have to do that and we're supposed to do that for one another? Like how awkward how uncomfortable. And the excuses start rolling in our heads, don't they? Well, who am I to say something? Well, if I say something, then they're going to hate me or fill in the blank with whatever excuse that just pops up in your mind. But we are way more comfortable with the whole mind your own business thought process. You see, that, that phrase, mind your own business, it's so powerful and it's so easy to get suckered into. It means I don't have to do anything. It means I don't have to have that awkward conversation. It allows us and allows me to be indifferent, even though I won't admit that to myself. It allows us to give in to fear and not feel bad about it. It's kind of sad. See, some of us have been conditioned to just mind your own business, even in the lives of those closest to us. Now we're too scared to move in. See, Jesus. Again, he laid out this new relational rule. Love each other as I've loved you. You make other people's business your business. Why? Because you're going to run into people on a daily basis sometimes, especially those closest to you that are on the verge of making terrible mistakes. And they need you to say something, even if they may not admit it. And I bet we can all think of a situation in our past that we wish somebody would have uh, stepped up in a loving way and said something that spared us the pain of a decision we made. We could spend all, all day talking about that because every one of us needs someone who cares enough to move in from time to time. It's straight from Hebrews 3. It says, See to it, dear brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened sin's deceitfulness see that that phrase encourage one another when we hear that nowadays we think oh I'm gonna say kind things I'm gonna like pump them up it's gonna be motivational all of those things right but what this is really talking about here what that word there means is to beg to appeal to exhort it's like this strong term that says I beg you don't go down that road I appeal to you, don't get caught up in that trap. He says, exhort one another every day so you don't drift away from God. That's about as far from minding your own business as you can possibly get. And so this passage is saying your business is watching over somebody else's business and allowing someone to do the same for you. Or another passage, Hebrews 10 And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And again, that that same word for encourage is used there. God says, don't give up meeting. Stay involved in others, in their business, and spur them on toward love and good deeds. That word spur there is really meaning incite, irritate, right? Again, the polar opposite of mind your own business. So how do we do that? How do we do that in a loving way? Because I don't want anybody looking at anybody. Don't even look at me, because I'll get a little offended. But some of us are really good at getting into other people's business, but not for their sake, right? We all know someone who likes to make stuff their business because they like to gossip about it, or they like to feel superior, or they like to hold it against somebody. And that's not what we're talking about at all. So, how do we do this lovingly, even when it doesn't feel very loving? The first thing be alert and devoted to one another. Be alert and devoted to one another. Ephesians 6 and Romans 12 says, Be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And then be devoted to one another in love. And be devoted enough to where you're alert to what's going on in somebody's life, and, they can pr- and you can pray for them. Right? When, when people drift, it's not like they wake up one day and they're like, well, don't believe that anymore. Well, not gonna do that, I'm gonna go down this road. Right? It's a progression. It, it starts with a little compromise, and a little compromise, and a little compromise, and then it snowballs into bigger compromises and bigger compromises. It's very predictable, and typically the only way for that to stop is when someone in your life sees what's going on and cares enough to get involved, and guess what? That person's probably not going to invite you to do that because the only people that see that are on the outside. It's so hard for us to see that in our own lives. I'm sure, again, we could... We could spend all day giving examples of how this person or that person doesn't see the the problems in their own life, but but you do. Because it's on the people on the outside that see it. So that's the first step. Be alert, be devoted, get into deeper relationships with people. And once you see it, you've got to take the next step. Respond in love. Respond in love. Matthew 18. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. And that's, that's where it starts. But even just saying that, reading that verse is so uncomfortable. Right? See, this whole life thing isn't just about me and God. We're in this together. Much like it talks about in Romans 12 where it says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we belong to one another. And the beauty of how that all works is when one part of the body is in pain, the, the other parts of the body respond and compensate for it. Uh, my daughter just, um, this is gonna grow some people out, um, my daughter just got, like, stoved her thumb and the nail was peeling back from the nail bed It's super painful. It's like one of those throbbing things. But as she does that, the the other fingers and the other hand, to do homework and all of that other stuff, it has to compensate and and respond to that pain. Does that make sense? We're supposed to be interdependent. We're never meant to be living life isolated like so many of us uh, want to be. So one of our responsibilities is when we see someone in our circle heading down a path, you step in. It's not always easy. Sometimes it feels awkward. And let me tell you, it's not always going to work. Sometimes people aren't open to your loving confrontation. But if you really love somebody, you're not going to let fear keep you from helping them. Now, again, I know what some of you are thinking, well, who am I to say something and step into somebody else's life? The reason I see that in them is because that's my story. I've dealt with that. And so what a hypocrite I would be if I said something, if I butted in. So let's, let's take that and just pretend for a moment that that's a valid argument. Right? That the only people that can step in and say something are the perfect ones that have never dealt with anything, that have never drifted from God, the holy and righteous ones. Right? that Nobody fits that criteria. We say that all the time. We're imperfect people, every single one of us. And God still says, yeah, I'm using you, you imperfect person. Get involved and don't just pray about it. Please keep praying about it, but say something step in, help them see what you're seeing. Be attentive, be alert, pay attention to those people closest to you and respond when you see something for their sake. So this this takes a bit of commitment. And I'm I'm not telling you, I want to make this clear. I'm not telling you to go like Facebook stalking people and then blasting them on Facebook. Like that doesn't help anybody. Don't do that. You should have... A relationship with the person first, but invite them over. Take them to lunch. And then I want to turn the tables as well. And this might be the, the more difficult part for some of us this morning. Ask yourself this, who in my circle of relationships feels free to come rushing in if they see me drifting? Who do I know that'll stick their nose in my life? And if you don't, have somebody like that, if you're not sure if the people in your life will actually do that in a loving way, my suggestion is to, this week, give somebody permission to do that. Give somebody permission to speak the truth in love to you. It's huge. And over the years, I've done that with men at different phases and stages of my life. But for me, it's always been a very, 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 very small circle of people that I would allow to do that. And that's okay. But who is it for you? Do you have people in your life who have freedom to speak truth? Or have you repeatedly put out the message, mind your own business? There's so much wisdom in in Proverbs. Proverbs 27 says, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. We need friends to be honest. We need people who love us enough to have a conversation with us that may not seem very loving in the moment. I want those people in my life because I know there's an enemy that wants to take me out, that wants to distract me. And I don't want to be deceived and end up drifting from God because I've got to tell you, every single one of us has the potential to drift. So give people permission to get involved. And if you're like me and you don't, you don't uh, meet new people very well, like I can be fairly socially awkward, I, can, I don't meet people very well or maybe you just moved in to town and you don't know where to start. Like diving in here can be a great place to start. You can go to men's or women's events. Um, You can go uh, to the Red Tent and just talk to somebody. You can join a small group, but the point is get involved. Take a next step. Get connected and keep your eyes open and alert. Again, especially to those in your circle those you have a relationship with. And when you see issues, don't leave them bleeding. Be the body. Step in. Step in and help. Because, and this is the part that gets me, the last thing that you want is later in life, the things that you see happen when that marriage blows up or that that family goes bankrupt or that relationship's broken, when the things that you see happen, the last thing you want to do is wonder, well, what if? What if I had said something? What if I had stepped in? Could I have um, helped avoid all of this pain for the person I love? If I had just not given in to fear, not given in to uh, apprehension? See, what we have to decide is that love is not silent. It's fear and apprehension that are quiet. It's fear that's silent. Love forbids me to remain silent. Love forbids me from minding my own business. See, again, right before Jesus was arrested, he's like, I have one rule. I have one command, not 10, just one. You're to love others as I've loved you. And that's really all this is. This is simply doing for others what God did for us through Christ. He stepped in, he saw we were hurting and he didn't leave us on our own. He stepped in and provided a way. And so this is just one more way to love others the way that we've been loved. I mean, talk about a challenge for the week or for the life, right? Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for the wisdom that you provide in your word. God, there are so many of us that fall into that category of just fear of confrontation, fear of conflict. Uh, We're conflict-averse. But God, the people in our lives need us. The things that we see that are leading them down a path. So give us strength, even when it doesn't feel loving, to do the loving right thing. Give us strength to, to care for people in a way that may not feel very caring. And God, allow us to let people do that for us too. Give us the person or the people that surround us, that we can give permission to speak into our lives, speak truth and love. And God, ultimately, we pray that all of this brings us and those we love closer to you. God, we love you. Pray this in your name. Amen. Now, it's it's a challenge. And as I was speaking, I'm sure there's a lot of situations and circumstances and people that came to your mind. And we have people up here that, are, that would love to pray for you, love to pray through those cir- circumstances with you. If you would like that, or if you have questions, or you would like to, to accept Christ as your, as your Savior, please come up and speak with our, our prayer team. Otherwise, you guys have a great week, and uh, go give somebody permission. See you next week.